I, I don't know about you guys, um, but I feel, I feel my life is so blessed. And when I ever do an inventory or do stock of all the things that God's done, I just feel overwhelmed. I mean, I have a wonderful family, a wife, my health is good. And through the years, there have been so many times that I've just seen God step in to difficult situations, times when I wasn't sure how in the world things could possibly work out, and then, but God, he steps in and helps and does the miraculous. And, there's, and that's why at times when I see people walk away from God, or they say, I don't wanna serve God anymore, I don't wanna be a part of this anymore, and I just, it's hard for me to wrap my head around. I think, my goodness, after all that God has done for me, I could never do that. I owe him everything, I literally owe him my life. And yet, friends, if I'm being completely honest with you, there's still been so many times in my life that I've gotten angry with God. And not only did I get angry with him, I then gave him the silent treatment. Why? Well, he didn't, maybe he didn't do something that I thought he should have done, or he didn't answer my prayer the way I wanted him to answer my prayer. I could give you so many examples. I remember when Sandy and I were young and expecting our first child. We were naive, but so excited about this first baby that we were having. And then one day complications and we find ourselves in a hospital room being told that we'd lost the baby. I'm just saying we had never, it had never crossed our mind that we could possibly lose this child. And the pain was so deep and we were so confused. I mean, come on, wasn't this supposed to be God's blessing in our lives? I was angry. A few years later, I opened up several businesses. I had dreamed all of my life of being an entrepreneur, and it felt like God had blessed that dream. I owned three restaurants, a radio station, a financial planning firm, and a commodity trading group. And all of those things were doing well until they weren't. And I just felt like out of nowhere, everything started to unravel. And I'm like, God, what's the deal? What's happening? What is going on? I thought you were blessing my dream. And I found myself once again getting very angry at God. On another occasion, I had a commodity company and my father worked with me in that particular company. And we were at a point of making a large purchase. And I remember one morning we were having a meeting and he said, okay, he said, do you think, Steve, this is God's will for us to make this purchase? And I looked at him and I said, I don't really care if it's God's will or not, we're doing this. Don't judge me. I still can't believe I said it. I still can't believe I ever felt that way, but I was angry with God. A few years later, I, I left the business world and I went into full-time ministry. I was actually pastoring my home church in St. Joseph, Missouri, and I was absolutely loving it. I had run from ministry for 11 years, and now I was in ministry and I couldn't figure out what I was running from. I thought, this is amazing, I love it. But it didn't take long for the heartache to begin walking beside so many families that were going through gut-wrenching situations. I could give you many examples. The loss of a baby where the young mother accidentally suffocated her child while breastfeeding. The loss of an eight-year-old little girl by a tornado who ripped up a bathtub and dropped it on this girl sleeping in bed and suffocated her. A 13-year-old boy going fishing with his uncle, struck and killed by lightning, a head-on collision, leaving a young wife a widow and a child fatherless, 
Seriously, on and on it goes. And I remember as a young pastor thinking, God, what am I supposed to do with all this? What are these families supposed to do with all this? Because what I discovered more than ever before is that grief brings with it this dungeon of doubt. It brings with us this dungeon of darkness. It's all consuming and it carries with it a heaviness that impacts you mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. I know every one of you have experienced at one time or another. So what are these families supposed to do with all this heartache? What are these families supposed to do with all of these tears? And of course, you have well-meaning Christians that will say, well, you just need to have faith. You just need to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You just need to push down those feelings of hurt and keep on going. Because if you show any kind of frustration, if you express any kind of displeasure, it only demonstrates a lack of faith. Well, that's not what you wanna hear when you find yourself in the middle of sorrow, when you find yourself in the middle of pain. But guys, please hear me. There's nothing, listen, there is absolutely nothing scriptural about that. When you're going through a difficult time in your life, repressing your displeasure or pushing down your feelings of frustration will not help you. And it's certainly not a healthy thing to do. It'll hurt you spiritually and it'll strain your relationship with God. So then, what are we supposed to do, Pastor? You say all this, what are we supposed to do? Well, the scripture actually tells us exactly what we're supposed to do. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, a short little verse, give all of your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Give all of your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. And some of you are saying, okay, so how are we supposed to do that? Well, you do it through prayer. And still you may say, ah, prayer, what do you mean by that? I mean, through the prayer of lament. Now I realize some of you are thinking, what in the world is a prayer of lament? It sounds like an old-fashioned term that hasn't been used for centuries. Listen, it may be a term that we don't use very often today, but it's certainly a term that's relevant to our lives. Why? Because it's scriptural. To lament is to pray. It's an honest cry of a hurting heart. It's a prayer expressing sorrow, pain, or confusion. It's wrestling, listen to me, it's wrestling with the paradox of pain and the promise of God's goodness. There's several books out on the topic. One of my favorites is written by Mark Vrogop, who pastors right here at College Park in Indianapolis. He wrote a great book several years ago called Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy. And Mark explained it like this. He said, you know, a prayer of, of lament is a prayer while in pain that leads to trust. Guys, to understand this, this is such a big deal. To understand this can be so helpful in your spiritual journey, can be so helpful in your own discipleship. The prayer of lament is a big deal because as Christians, it should be the chief way we process our grief with God. You see, the prayer of lament is the prayer language we use when we're hurting. We don't know what to say, so we cry out to God, Lord, how long is this gonna go on in my life? How long do I have to deal with this? How long are you gonna be quiet on this or, or ignore me on this? I know some Christians say, Steve, that is, that's a lack of faith. That's not trusting God to, to talk like that. But here's what I want you to understand. To pray a prayer of lament is not because I don't believe, it's because I do. 
Instead of turning away from God in anger and giving him the silent treatment, these are honest prayers that cause us to refocus on God in the middle of our pain, which will strengthen our trust and it'll lead us to a peace. It'll lead us to a peace that passeth all human understanding, a peace only God can give. I, I love what Todd Billings wrote in his book, Rejoicing and Lament. He said, it is precisely out of trust that God is sovereign. It is precisely out of trust that God is sovereign that the psalmist repeatedly brings laments and petitions to the Lord. If the psalmist had already decided the verdict that God is indeed unfaithful, they would not continue to offer their complaint. Friends, do you understand what he's saying here? He said, if I actually thought God was not faithful, then I wouldn't bother to pray. I'd give him the silent treatment. But because I do believe that God is faithful, I bring my lament to him. So the prayer of lament is a prayer that is loaded with theology. It's to say, yes, I know, I understand that the world is broken, and yes, it absolutely does hurt, but I know that God is faithful. Listen, let me give you an example of it. In my, in my marriage, if, if Sandy does something to hurt me, and I decide I'm gonna give her the silent treatment, and I stop talking to her, that marriage is eventually gonna end in divorce. But if I keep talking to her, sharing my hurts and sharing my struggles, we will eventually work through this and move back to a healthy relationship. But guys, we have to keep talking. I've said to you, if you've been around Northview, I've said this hundreds of times. The three most important words to a healthy marriage is communication, communication, communication. They're the three most important words to any healthy relationship. Certainly, it's true in our relationship with God. Guys, we have to keep talking to God no matter what. Our lament, listen, our lament is what stands in the gap between our pain and God's promises. And yet some of you would say, yeah, but pastor, the idea of praying prayers of lament, it kind of makes me feel uneasy. It kind of makes me feel uncomfortable. I don't know that I could talk to God like that. I don't know if I could be that vulnerable or be that honest with God. Am I really allowed to get angry with God? It seems disrespectful. It seems like I'm griping or complaining. Friends, please hear me on this. Not only are we allowed to bring our frustrations to God, it's what he wants us to do. Now, I don't, I don't mean, don't misunderstand, I don't mean that you lash out at God in anger, but I mean you approach, you approach God with honest humility. And yet, let me also say this, just so it's out in the room. If you do get angry with God, if you do blow your top and really just lay it all out there and yelling and shouting at God, you know what, He's big on that. he is big enough to handle your anger. You know, it's not like God's gonna melt down because you lost your temper. But it's certainly better, it's certainly a better approach to come before God with an honest, humble heart. I heard one pastor say it this way, we cry out in pain when we hurt physically, so why in the world would we not cry out and lament when we hurt emotionally or spiritually? I've also heard it said that to lament is a loud religious ouch. Guys, I'll say it again. To lament is not a failure of faith. It's an act of faith. 
It's trusting that God is gonna somehow work all things together for good. It's trusting that God's gonna take this black eye, he's gonna take this bad scenario, he's gonna take this hurtful situation, and if we trust him somehow, I don't know, God's gonna work all these things together for our good. To lament is our prayer and pain that leads us to greater trust. It's the path from heartbreak to hope. Instead of going out and complaining to others, which is what we typically do, when something doesn't go the way we want it to do, what do we do? We want to make sure every other Christian knows God was not faithful to me here. God let me down here. But instead of complaining to other people, we just take it straight to God. Instead of griping and trying to build up a, a posse, we just take it straight to God. Why? Because we know, guys, listen, because we know that our relationship with God matters. It matters to us and it matters to God. I'm not talking about complaining or having a pity party with God. I'm just talking about lamenting. I'm just talking about getting real with God. If you constantly go around griping to other people, if you constantly are dwelling on what you think you deserve, this is what God should have done. This is what I deserve. That's complaining, but to lament, it identifies the conditions, it identifies the circumstances, it identifies the struggle you're going through, and instead of taking it out to everyone else, you take it straight to God, saying, Lord, do you see what I'm experiencing right now? Do you understand, God, that I'm hurting right now? Do you understand this is difficult for me right now, God? And yet, even though I don't understand what you're doing, I don't understand what's going on in my life, I don't like what I'm going through, I know that you love me, God, and I know that you have my back. Amen. So at this point, some of you are saying, Steve, I understand what you're saying. But are you sure this is a biblical approach? Are you sure this is scriptural? Absolutely. That's why I'm telling you about this. The prayers of lament are found all throughout scripture, both in the Old and New Testament. Any of these, any of these prayers, or many of these prayers, are prayers by some of who we consider heroes of faith. For instance, in the Old Testament, we see Jeremiah cry out in chapter 15. He says, why is my pain continuous? My wound, incurable. That's pretty honest. Guys, there's an entire book in the Old Testament called Lamentations, which expresses the confusion and suffering felt after the destruction of Jerusalem by the Babylonians. All these prayers of lament we find in Scripture are addressed to God. I'm gonna show you, it's all throughout Scripture. Every one of them are prayers to God. When you think about, for instance, Psalms, if I were to ask everybody, okay, tell me, what, what, the book of Psalms, well, know about Psalms. What's Psalms all about? I would say the majority of you would say, oh, Psalms are songs of worship. Psalms are, are just Psalms of praise. Well, it might surprise you to know that one out of three Psalms are prayers of lament. So then, if one out of three Psalms are prayers of lament, could it be that maybe one out of three days we need to pray a prayer of lament. Let me show you some examples of what I mean out of the book of Psalms. In Psalms chapter 10, it opens with this. Why, Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? That's an honest prayer. Or what about Psalms chapter 13? How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? 
How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? That's pretty honest. It's not just in the Old Testament that we find these prayers of lament. In fact, we actually see Jesus pray prayers of lament in the Garden of Gethsemane. In Mark chapter 14, he says, Abba, Father, he cried out, everything is possible for you. Please, take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. And then there's Matthew chapter 27. At about three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, Lima, Sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? That's Jesus praying. Why have you abandoned me? He's actually quoting a prayer of lament from Psalms chapter 22 that was written centuries earlier, so this is actually a fulfillment of prophecy. But I want you to see, was that prayer, listen, I want you to see that it was that prayer of lament that led to the greatest moment of redemption. And since we are to follow Jesus' example, are we not? We're to exemplify Christ. We can see from him that a prayer of lament is a profound mode of communication with God. Again, friends, these are all prayers of lament prayed by some of the spiritual giants of our faith. Michael Jenkins in his book, In the Hours of the Lord, reminds us that God is big enough to handle our struggles. Look at this. He says, the Psalms of lament open us to the greatness of a God who not only can hear, but also can handle our pain, our self-pity, our blame, and our fear, who can respond to our anger our disillusionment in the midst of oppression and persecution, under the boot of tyranny, and our sense of God-forsakenness in the face of life's most profound alienations and exiles. Friends, these psalms, a third of the psalms, these psalms give us permission. I would go so far as to say they even give us an encouragement to honestly and openly lay out our struggles before God even if our struggles are with him. That's, that's key, I want you to not miss that. Even if our struggles are with him. Sometimes we're coming before God saying, God, this circumstance in my life, it's so painful, it's so hurtful, that's one thing. But sometimes we're mad at God. Sometimes we don't like something that he's done, and so we're ticked at him. And, but God's saying, you can still bring that lament to me. That's what I want you to do. That's the type of honesty and vulnerability that I'm looking for. So let's break these prayers down. I wanna, I wanna look at one particular and break it down. In Psalms chapter 77, verse one to three, he writes, I cry out to God. I call to God and he will hear me. I look for the Lord on the day of trouble. All night long I reach out my hands, but I cannot be comforted. When I remember God, I become upset. When I think, I become afraid. That's a prayer of lament that was written by Asaph. Can you see how he's, he's getting honest, he's getting real with God? But can you also hear he's experiencing a great deal of hurt or pain? We don't know over what, but he's experiencing a great deal of pain. And so he asks the tough questions, but here's what I want you to see. He made a determination to not give up on God. He's not taking it to his buddies. He's not taking it to all of his friends and crying on their shoulders. He's taken his frustrations. He's taken his hurts directly to the throne room of God. 
Please hear me on this. To pray a prayer of lament is to determine you're gonna keep talking to God even though you might be angry with him. You know, his opening sentence is, I cry out to God, I call to God, and he'll hear me. You see, he's not complaining, he's not feeling sorry for himself, instead, he's taking it right to God. Asaph is angry, but he refuses to give God the silent treatment. There lies the key of what I want you to take away today. He refuses to give God the silent treatment, he continues to talk to God. Have you ever given God the silent treatment? Kind of a silly question because I think all of us have been there. There have been times I have, I already told you that, and I'm sure there are times you've gotten mad at God and you stopped praying for a day or two. Maybe you stopped praying for a week or two. Maybe some of you in this room have stopped praying for several months. Some of you can't even, maybe even verbalize why, but something happened maybe months ago or years ago that just angered you and you shut down and stopped talking to God. And that's the reason why some of you are in a desert spiritually. You've stopped praying because God didn't do something the way you thought he should do it. Friends, your silence is a soul killer. It's a dangerous place to be in your spiritual life because giving God the silent treatment is the ultimate demonstration of unbelief. It gives the enemy an open door to lie to you. I've said many times there are three voices you're gonna hear in, in your life. You're gonna hear your own consciousness. You're gonna hear uh, the Holy Spirit, and you're gonna hear the lies of the enemy. If you hear in more than three voices, that's a whole nother conversation. But anyway, <laughs> you're gonna hear three voices. So if you have shut the door, if you've closed the door on prayer, and you're not listening to God or the Holy Spirit, now you're left to the lies of the enemy and to your own consciousness. So you're leaving an open door. Guys, it takes faith to pray when you find yourself in pain, which is why it's so important for you to hear me say this over and over and over and over again. No matter how upset you are, no matter how frustrated you are, don't stop praying. Don't go silent with God. Again, we lament in prayer because of what we believe about God's faithfulness. If God wasn't a good God, then there would be no need for us to protest. We'd simply understand, you know, bad things happen because, well, honestly, God's just not good. We just accept it. But friends, I hope that's not the case with you. I absolutely believe that God is a good God. I absolutely believe that God is a God that absolutely loves me, that God is sovereign, and that we're gonna spend all eternity with him. So guys, during those times where you feel confused, during those times where you're hurting, we cry out to God with prayers of lament. I mean, I, I picture Psalm 77, and I picture the psalmist, Asaph. I picture him down on his knees, his hands outstretched before God, tears streaming down his face, and he says, God, I am crying out to you. I do not like what I find I'm going through in my life. I don't know why you're not stepping in. I don't know why you've not rescued me to this point. Again, that's how real, listen, that's how real God wants us to be with him. Let's read on, verse four. It says, you keep my eyes from closing. I'm too upset to say anything. I keep thinking about the old days, the years of long ago. At night, I remember my songs. I think and I ask myself, will the Lord reject us forever? Will he never be kind to us again? 
Is his love gone forever? Has he stopped speaking for all time? Has God forgotten mercy? Is he too angry to pity us? Man, that's an honest prayer. That's being real with God. But it's what he feels. It's what he's struggling with. Then verse 11, I remember, that's the key word I want you to see. I remember what the Lord did. I remember the miracles you did long ago. I think about all the things you did and consider your deeds. God, your ways are holy. No God is as great as our God. You are the God who does miracles. You have shown people your power. Do you see what just happened? As, as Asaph laments to God, he begins to remember. He begins to remember the faithfulness of God. He begins to remember that in the past, God has always shown up. He begins to remember all the things that God has done. And so faith begins to rise once again because the truth becomes real once again. Have you ever, have you ever questioned God and said, Lord, do you not care that I'm hurting? Do you not even care what we're going through here? And then all of a sudden, deep down in your gut, you hear your conscience say, mm, I know he does. While you're yelling at God, you feel it. I know God's faithful. I know that he's faithful. So friends, it's in our prayer of lament that truth will come out. It's in our prayer of lament where faith begins to rise. We can go to the New Testament and see the same thing. And in Romans chapter eight, Paul talks about the very thing. I already quoted that verse, but in Romans chapter eight, he says in the same way, the spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through, word, through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. We get so frustrated in our pain and it hurts so deep we don't even know what to say to God. Can you relate to this? I can. And there, there have been times I've gotten so angry at God that I didn't, the words weren't there. And I knew I needed to pray, and I wanted to pray, but I didn't know what, and so I find myself just like, just wasn't there. And Paul is saying, it's at that moment that the Holy Spirit is at the throne room of God interceding for you. When you can't come up with the words, he's got you. Verse 36, as it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. Paul's saying this is real. We face death all day long. We're considered as sheep to be slaughtered. He's quoting a prayer of lament actually from Psalms 44. So again, it's through our prayers of lament that our faith begins to rise. It's through our prayers of lament that it begins to return and we realize who God really is in our life. And then when that happens, we go to the next no, no, I love that, no. In all these things, we are more than conquering through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, guys, we must be reminded Every one of us need to be reminded that on the cross, Jesus bought and paid for everything to be right. 
So even if we do face death all day long, as Paul just said, like sheep to slaughter, even though we do face it all day, nothing, my friends, absolutely nothing, no sorrow, no disappointment, no disease, no betrayal, not even death itself can separate us from the love of God. Okay, so you say, okay, I'm convinced it's biblical, it's scriptural, so what do I do? I mean, how do I start praying prayers of lament? Well, let me give you a few practical steps. Number one, read Psalms of Lament. Sometimes you don't know, if you're, not, if you're not accustomed to praying scripture, can I just encourage you to try this? Because sometimes people say, Steve, I, I, I try to pray and you know, I pray after 10 minutes, I, I don't wanna have anything left to say. Well then pray scripture. Just open up the word of God and pray scripture. It keeps you focused on God and you'll be surprised how much starts to come out when you do that. Well the same is true in prayers of lament. Some of you say, I don't know. I know what you're telling me, and I'm angry with God, and I want to be honest with God. I just, I don't know what to say. Pray a psalm of lament. I gave you a whole list of them, and that's just the beginning. Number two, read Lamentations. Most people skip over this book in the Bible. It's probably skipped over more than any book of the Bible, but yet it's filled with prayers of lament. From this book, we learn that prayers of lament are not just for our individual prayer time, but they're also for our corporate prayer time as well. We also see that we can pray prayers of lament even when we're responsible for the pain. This is a big one. Most times in my life, guys, if I'm being honest with you, most of the things that I struggle with and I, that I, uh, the circumstances in my life, I brought on myself. I caused them. If you don't believe me, just ask my wife. She'll quickly tell you. I brought them on myself. And so we think, well, I can't take that to God. I, I'm the one that messed up. I, I can't take that to God. But God really wants us to understand, I don't care whether you're mad at God, whether you're mad about the situation, whether you're mad at yourself, it doesn't matter. We just need to be honest and open with God. Be real with God, no matter what it is. Number three, um, Write your own prayers of lament. I don't know if any of you ever write your prayers, but sometimes it's easier for us to express what we're really feeling on paper than it is to speak it. Because some of you would say, you know, Steve, to pray a prayer of lament, that just feels wrong. It just feels, uh, I don't know if I can actually say it, what I'm thinking. So write it. Just start writing your prayers. Just be that honest. Sometimes it's just so much more effective to write your prayers. It's good to be honest with God and it's good to be honest with yourself. And then let me also mention this. Sometimes, guys, we're not the ones that are needing a prayer of lament. Sometimes it's our friends, our family. They're struggling. They're going through a hurtful situation, through a difficult circumstance. And we wanna be there for them. We wanna help them. But honestly, we don't know what to do. You know, it's like, we don't know what to do. That's what I struggled with as a young pastor, I can tell you. I was always nervous. I'm, I mean, as a young pastor, I was going to a funeral home thinking, oh my gosh, these people are really hurting. I don't know what to say. I don't want to say the wrong things. I don't want to mess this up. Or going to visit someone in their home, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to mess this up. I don't want to say the wrong thing. I love what author Nicholas Walterstorff said. He said, what I need to hear from you is that you recognize how painful it is. I need to hear from you that you are with me in my desperation to comfort me. You have to come close. Come sit beside me on my morning bench. That's so good. 
I think learning to come alongside our friends and family, to come alongside others and lament with them is simply part of spiritual development. It's simply one of the greatest discipleship tools we can teach ourselves. I was trying to think of an example and I remember a story I heard years ago about a little girl, five-year-old girl and the neighbor across the street, uh, the husband died. An older lady and her husband died. And the little girl went over there that afternoon. She comes home several hours later and her father said, sweetheart, have you been over there all this time? And she said, yes. And he said, what in the world did you say to her? And she said, I didn't say anything. I just crawled up in her lap and cried with her. Guys, sometimes crawling up in their lap, just crying with our friends and family is the best thing you can do. Just to be there for them. I was talking about, a. I remember a, a gentleman in our church, the, a, family lost, a family lost their son and they were so heavy. They were, it was a tragic situation. They were grieving. And this other guy in our church, his name's Bob, and Bob went over to their house and he knocked on the door and the guy came to the door and he said, I, 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 don't, I can't deal with company today. I'm sorry. And he goes, no, 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 I know that. I'm just here for you. And he said, I'm gonna come in your house and I'm gonna sit over there in that couch and I'm gonna be out of your way. I'm not gonna speak a word, but if you get to where you need to talk, I'm there. And the guy said, I don't know. And he convinced him, he went in and sat, Bob went in and sat down. And several times during the day, Tim is this guy's name, came in and sat and talked. And Tim shared with me later, that was so healing. That was so helpful. I didn't think I wanted him in my home, but it ended up being so helpful just to be there, just to be there. Sometimes your tears and your quiet presence will help more than you could ever imagine. Earlier, do you, I mentioned that we see Jesus pray a prayer of lament from the cross. You see, the lament of Good Friday was answered three days later with an empty tomb. The greatest injustice in history became the greatest display of God's mercy. Tragedy became triumph. Because, my friends, if we continue to trust God, he promises to work all things together for good. So when you are overcome, listen to me, when you are overcome by the presence of chaos, by brokenness, by suffering, or by some, some sudden sense of human vulnerability, just pray prayers of lament. And even though your prayers might feel a bit clumsy, even though they may feel a little bit forced and they may feel messy at times, God, that's, guys, that's okay. Just don't stop talking to God. Keep struggling, keep grappling, and keep praying no matter what. Because those prayers of lament will help you tunnel your way back to God's truth. I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads with me if you would. Every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment. Please don't look around. I'm gonna ask for your, an honest moment. I wanna pray for those of you that are struggling. And if you would just simply say, you know, Steve, if I'm honest, I've been giving God the silent treatment. I'm angry with him. I haven't talked to God in a while. Would you pray for me? I'm gonna ask you just to raise your hand right where you're at. It's been a while. I'm angry. Yeah. Father, I thank you and I praise you for your faithfulness. And I thank you, Lord God, that you know exactly where we are. You know exactly what's going on in our life. And I know, Lord Jesus, that there are so many uh, in this room that are struggling with hurt and pain. 
And I just pray that you would just uphold them right now and help them to know that you have their back, that you haven't forgotten them, that you're a good God, that you love them and want the best for them. Help us, God, to keep the communication line always open with you, no matter what. I pray, dear God, for that peace that only you can bring in their life. We love you and we praise you. We just ask it all now in the name of Jesus. Amen.